I covered OpenID authentication back in episode 68, but what if we want to apply OpenID to AuthLogic, which is a popular authentication solution in Rails? Well, the process is quite a bit different and really deserves its own episode, so here we are. Now, if you haven't already, you should check out episode number 160, which covers the basics of AuthLogic. And there I show you how to get a basic username and password solution set up. Uh, in this episode, I'm actually going to extend the application we built in that episode uh, to set up OpenID support in there as well. Now to get started, we'll need to install a couple gems and a plugin. So the first thing to do is go to your environment.rb config file and add a couple lines in here to specify a couple gems. One is AuthLogic OID and the other is Ruby OpenID. And both of these have their own lib specification uh, that's required there. And we could just install those if we don't have them already installed with a gem install uh, Ruby OpenID and AuthLogic OID. And then we just have to run this command to install the OpenID authentication Rails plugin. And I'll post this command in the show notes as well. So you just copy and paste it from there. Now that plugin we just installed has a rake task for generating a migration file for creating a table. And that's called rake OpenID authentication db create. So we'll run that to create the migration file. And then we'll just db migrate to uh, migrate that table and create it. Next, we need to add a new column to our user's table for storing our OpenID URL. So let's just generate a migration here called uh, add OpenID identifier to users. And the column does actually need to be called OpenID identifier uh, to fit the convention. And it's just a string column. And then we could just migrate our database. Now it's time to actually add the OpenID field to our forms. So if we go to our application, we can see that we can either register or log in. And in both of these places, we should see an OpenID option to go with instead of having to supply a username and password. Here's what our registration form view looks like. So here at the bottom, let's just add an alternative for using OpenID. So we can say or use OpenID and then add another field here for inserting your OpenID identifier. And for the label, we'll just call it OpenID URL. And we don't want that there. And we'll also add a submit button here too, just for clarification. And we actually want to do the exact same thing on the login page as well. So now we can reload our red uh, login page here and see that we now have an OpenID URL option and the same thing when we register. Now we're almost done, but not quite yet. We need to make a few changes to our controllers in order to get OpenID working. Now, whenever you are saving a model which is used for authentication, like a user session model or a user model, you'll need to handle the saving a little bit differently. Instead of doing a simple if condition like this, you'll actually want to use a block. So we can say user session dot save then do result. And then we can see if the result is true, then it's successful. If it's false, then it's not. And we want to handle the condition the same. Now, the reason we have to use a block here instead of uh, an if condition 
is because Authologic handles this kind of in a magic way because it's not going to simply execute this block immediately in the first request. It's actually going to do some redirecting in the background to send the user to their OpenID provider. They authenticate there and it redirects back and that's when it actually executes the block on that request and handles the uh, result appropriately. And we'll need to do the same thing to our user's controller. So again here, we're saving the user. So we'll just want to save the user and then use a block to see the result. And we want to do something very similar here. We have to use the save method. Uh, but for updating the attributes, it's a little bit different. You can just call user.attributes equals params user. And that will actually update the attributes because you don't really have access to use that uh, update attributes method with a block. You just have to use the save method. So that's how you would do the update method with a user and open ID. All right, let's give this a try by going to our registration page and typing in an open ID URL. Clicking submit. So far so good, we go to my open ID page. Let's log in sign in and then it takes us back to our registration page with an error message saying we don't have a username or an email address so it's kind of working as trying to register us but uh, it's getting stumped by our uh, validations because we require a username and email address and these aren't being fetched from our OpenID provider so there are a couple ways we can get around this problem one is to make this form a little bit more clear so that uh, OpenID URL is really just an alternative to the password, but they still have to type in the username and email address. Another thing we could do is try to fetch the username and email from the OpenID provider because some offer that service, and then we can just register the user without have, having them fill in the username and email address. Uh, I kind of prefer the latter approach because then if the service does not provide it, then the validation error, message error messages will still come up, but we can make it a little bit more clear and showing that they just need to type in the username and email then. So let's try that out. Okay, so our goal is to uh, configure AuthLogic to request the OpenID username and email address from the provider as it's authenticating the user. Uh, so the way we can do this is just configure this by passing a block and just calling methods on this C variable. Uh, one, is, one method we can call is OpenID required fields. And these are fields, an array of field names that we're going to request from the OpenID provider. And the username is actually an OpenID speak called nickname. And then email is just the same. Now, it's a little bit more we have to do. We're requiring the fields, but we aren't mapping them to our actual user model when the user is created. So the way this works is we actually have to override a method that AuthLogic provides. And that method is called map uh, OpenID registration. It passes in a registration hash. And so we'll just want to map our email address to the registration email address. Um, 
if our current email address is blank. And the same goes for our username. But here we're mapping to the nickname because this is a hash that we're getting from our OpenID provider. And again, only do that if the username is blank. Now all this information about setting uh, the configuration options and this overriding this method is available inside of the rdocs for AuthLogic and the AuthLogic OID gem. So check those out for more information on this. All right, let's try this out again. Let's submit this field with our OpenID provider. And now we can see that we still not successfully registering, but we're getting a different validation error message. And actually our username and email address is being filled in properly from our OpenID provider. And this error message is kind of expected. It's just the username has already been taken because I already am registered on this site. But the point is that we still can get validation error messages even if we are requiring our username and email address. So it would be make it a little more nicer if uh, the password fields were hidden if there are validation errors when we're using OpenID. So let's make that change quick here. So on our registration form view, let's add a simple if condition here. If our user OpenID identifier is blank, then we'll hide or actually only show the password and, and this label here. So that way, when we do have validation error messages on OpenID registrations, then it just basically hides this other details. So we can give that a try by resubmitting this. And now our registration form is much more simpler, basically saying our one validation error and making it much more concise, hiding the password so it's much less confusing if there are errors. Now let's try completing this registration by fixing this validation error, giving myself a different username. And there we go, registration is successful. If I can log out and log in again using my OpenID uh, URL. And there we go. Now I'm logged in uh, as our Bates account again. And then finally, we can go to our style sheets uh, CSS file and then adding a bit of code into here. This will give it a bit more polish by adding the OpenID logo to our registration and login OpenID fields. So let me just show you how, how that looks. So if we go to our registration or login page, we can see that our OpenID URL field now has the logo in there, which makes it a little bit more polished. And I'll put that CSS snippet on the show notes as well. So that's it for this episode. Uh, I hope you found this useful in a way to add OpenID authentication to your AuthLogic solution in your Rails app. This episode is sponsored in part by Pragmatic Screencasts. They offer high-quality screencasts on a variety of subjects, including Ruby and Rails. Check them out at pragmatic.tv. Also sponsored by Ego. Check your website stats on the go with this beautiful iPhone app. It supports a variety of services to gather numbers of visitors, feed subscribers, and more, all in one place. Check it out at ego-app.com.